0: The thing about your health is that that's the thing that's going to carry you forward in life. If you have loved ones around you, that's what you need to consider being healthy for is that your loved ones. You want to be around as long as you can for them.
1: Welcome to season three of Behind the Sweat. We're back. It's been, (laughs) but I'm back behind the mic. There was a point after last season when I wasn't sure if this moment would happen again so much of life was up and down and it's figuring out different things and what this next chapter would look like and during these moments many of which did happen on or during runs I kept coming back to wellness and what does wellness look like in my life I love sweating it out but there's so much that happens when we're not sweating That, and I had about a million questions about wellness, physical fitness, nutrition, mental health, and all the other things that kind of come under that. As I was looking for answers myself, I realized that I'm not alone in my thoughts. And that brings us back to this podcast. This season, we're going to get the answers to our questions. Think of this podcast as our new group project. The only thing I ask for you is for you to send me your questions. Your questions will help guide the guests we bring on. For a behind the scenes into our upcoming show guests, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Alex Weisner. I'll share some details there first about upcoming guests. And now, season three, episode one. Today, my guest is Eric Logan. Eric is an endurance athlete who works a full time job. Sounded like anyone else we know? All of us, maybe. Eric has the dream to one day qualify to represent Team USA at the ITU Multisport World Championships. Welcome to the podcast, Eric.
0: Thank you for acknowledging that duathlons are hard. I I think that unless you have done them, you don't got to see that, you know, it's really a lot on you to do, you know, again, it's... So I, I don't want anyone that's a triathlete to kind of come shoot me like, I don't know what he's talking about. But when you start thinking about, you know, you're running, you're riding a bike, and then you're running again, it's very, very hard. And, you know, it, it's, it's taxing. And it's not something that, you know, very few people that I just that I know that just wake up and go, oh, I think, you know, I've never ran a race. I've never done it. I want to do a duathlon. But it's kind of the same goes with triathlon that nobody just wakes up and just makes the decision to do that. Um, so, with me, uh, let's kind of go back to 2013. I started a new job. I work in the IT field for a university. And again, I was in my 40s, you know, overweight, you know, no shame said, you know, I was around about 250, a little bit more than 250, overweight. And you know just whip through life you know every day you know get up in the morning commute to work i stay outside of atlanta so i stay a few i, well, I don't want to say to me it feels like a few miles when you've driven it so long it's like oh it's just a few miles but you know when you tell people like oh yeah it's 70 miles away you're like wait you stay right i I'll stay right outside the metropolitan area you know i i, I joke i joke around and tell people that you know I am the very last county that the weather covers on the news. We're that very southward. We're the very that they include in the Atlanta area. So you know that was my routine: get up in the morning, commute to work, sit behind a cube all day or an office, you know, on behind a computer, go home, sit around at home, eat, go to sleep get up, do it again. Just repeat, just repeat. And most people, that's generally what we do, you know? And I think my turning point was in the building that we were located in, it was two story building and just had two flights of steps, you know? And one day the elevator was broken and I had to walk up the steps and walking up the steps, I was so out of breath. And I was like, and you know, the person I was with like, you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine. But I was just out of breath. And I had a doctor's appointment just a checkup. And the doctor pretty much told me was basically he's like, right now, you know, you're okay. He said, but this is the direction that you're going with as far as your health. Yeah, you yeah, you know, you, you know everything looks fine now. He said, but if you continue where you're going, this is where your health is going to end up being. So that was the point where I said that said to myself that I need to start taking my health and fitness serious. And again, you know, growing up, I was never an athlete. I was never, you know, I, I did not play any kind of organized sports. You know, I was not on the football team, not on the basketball team, not on a baseball team. You know, I was the kid that was picked last in PE. But I did. I was active. I did go outside and play, you know. I did one of the things, you know, ironically enough, ride my bike. People locally knew, like, yeah, Eric always riding around town on his bike. You know, that's why even even when I had license to have a car, I still preferred to get on my bike and ride my bike. But I I was never athletic. I I was never never a sports team, never thought about playing on a team. As long as I can get outside and just play and have fun with my friends, I was fine but so i started taking fitness a little bit seriously and again it it was one of those things that is humbling because you think that you can do a lot of things and then you come to realize that you can't but it's those humbling moments that kind of strengthen you and make you and really that that strengthen you and also challenge you one instance is you know i Took a class, big on group fitness classes at the time, and trying to find those group fitness classes that just fit what I was looking for. And I took a TRX class. So it was my first experience with TRX, never taking TRX or anything before. I'm like, okay, it's straps. I should be able to do this. That, was, that is probably my most embarrassing fitness moment because I'm sitting there dripping with sweat, could barely do the things that everybody else in class was doing. And it was a bit embarrassing and the instructor did her best. You know, she, you know, she was very helpful, so nothing wrong. You know, the instructor, she was very great with that, but it was, it was, again, it was embarrassing. It was humbling and it really kind of made me kind of think about what I needed to do to improve my health even more that I can't, you know, I can't just take for granted that, that oh yeah, I can do this. This is all you can do. Because we we constantly hear that, oh, just walk 30 minutes a day. You'll be fine.
1: And I think that's, that's an, I love that point of view because I think, especially as we do get older, I think it's very different when, you know, you're a kid and you're told, go play outside, go do this. And then even approaching fitness in your twenties and then approaching fitness in your thirties and beyond, it's all for different reasons. And it's not always just, you know, probably in our 20s, most of us, people are like concerned about like, oh, I have to look good. Like, it's such a focus on that. And then I think as we do get older, it's, well, I want to be around for certain things. So how do I continue to you know, essentially stay alive and, ha- and enjoy fitness? And... I feel like that's something really good. So one thing I want to talk about that you mentioned was group fitness. And I think this also ties into kind of where we are now with a lot of stuff is looking for that community aspect. And what brought you to group fitness? And then also to kind of say, oh, I also want to try these other things and find that joy. Because Obviously, you said you loved riding a bike as a kid to get on the bike as an adult.
0: So, and, and the group fitness thing ties into that, because that kind of leads into when I eventually found, you know, indoor cycling. So, group fitness is kind of that community thing, you know, you kind of get that. I know some people enjoy working out by themselves, and then some people, they need that extra motivation just to have, you know, even if it's just two people, one person, somebody else there they kind of help them kind of get through it and i was one of those people that at that time i needed you know other people to be there you know i kind of wanted if i see other people that are going through the same thing i'm going through maybe that will help me out if i see you know i'm not alone it just kind of gives me that i'm not alone aspect of things and so i eventually found um uh, let's call it what is it is spin spin class <laughs> even though we have to say indoor cycling Let's call it spin class. So I found a spin studio that I enjoyed very well. You know, it was a new studio, startup studio. And I just connected with everyone in there. And that got me back on the bike. Cause you gotta think, you know, I enjoyed riding the bike when I was young. Um, but once I got to college, you know, once I kind of wanted to go more places that were a longer distance than what a bike ride would take. Me. <laughs> I kind of just kind of fell off from riding a bike normally. But once I started taking spin classes, that kind of got my, for lack of a better term, juices flowing to get back outside on a bike. So I went, bought a cheap $400 bike from one of our local bike shops. You know, it I mean, literally it was a $400 hybrid bike, diamondback bike. And I started back riding bike. And I had seen triathlons before, and but I just was like, "Yeah, I don't know about the swim part." And it's not because I'm not—I can swim. I like swimming, get in the water to have fun. But to say, "Okay, you got to swim a mile," you know, out and then a mile back, or swim out a, a total mile—I'm like, that's not fun. I don't see swimming like that as fun. I see that as grueling.
1: I mean I will it's hard and but it also I feel like for most of us that don't live someplace close finding a pool is really really hard. Yes. Like, yes. That's a whole another aspect of finding like a pool to swim in cuz unless you have a lake near backyard like how do you yes. swim? You can't just like walk out your front door and go for a swim. Most of us. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, you know, during the time when I started riding the bike and when I got into spin classes, I had started running. So I was running, you know, a couple of 5Ks here. And I think around about that time, I had started running a couple of half marathons. So I kind of built up from the 5K, 10K, half marathon, just kind of progressed up. And the spin classes, as well as riding bike, I looked at it as cross training. You know, it was a way that, because before, I was, again, Starting off as a new runner, to get better as a runner, all you need to do is run. Just keep running. That's just run, 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 run. And I never really did any cross training, which is...
1: I mean, I see the gym posts. I see you in the gym lifting those weights. Yeah.
0: but So, like, the, back then, again, what you don't know, you kind of learn over time, is that cross training is important. So cycling became my cross race. So the days I wasn't running, I was on a bike, either in a spin in studio or, if the weather permitted, outside on a bike. So there was a local race that was a duathlon, and it was uh, an off-road duathlon, but this one only consisted of a run and then a bike ride.
1: Hold on. One second I want to bring bring us back to is that mindset right there that you just touched on a little bit is that mindset of when we see a race, and I think a lot of us do it cause we're, you know, you're starting to feel really good. You have the, all these endorphins that are in your body. You're getting all this nice serotonin boosts from working out. And then you're like, you see the race, and you're like, I can do that. And in that moment, everything seems possible. And then you sign up for the I was like,
0: I can do that. Yeah, I yeah, just ru- all you do is just run. Let's see, run 5K run. Yeah, I've run 5Ks and just ride my bike. Oh, yeah, I can do that. That's no problem. So signed up for it.
1: How did you feel in that moment? How did you get yourself from that place of saying, what did I get myself into to getting to that start line?
0: Yeah, everything seemed possible. Yeah, when you sign up for it, everything seems possible. Till race day comes, you're carrying your bike to the transition area, and then you're looking around and you're going like, okay, what did I get myself into? <laughs> so when I got to the start line, I was like, ooh, okay. I'm here now. I can just do what I I can just try to do the best I can. And I kind of had a good feel of that. So ran, did the first part, the first run. And again, remember this was off-road. So this technically was my very first trail run too. Couple of feet in, people were biting the dust because apparently, I guess, they've never had trails before too. And people, I mean, just people just like, just hitting the ground falling. I'm like, oh crap. So again, I had to kind of adjust. I was like, my first trail race, you know, I just took it on, went, completed the trail race, part of, portion of it, got on the bike, and the bike was going through the trail too. Yeah, again, that's when that again your the mind is a funny thing. It makes you think you can do things, with then then things happen that bring you back to reality. So because it was an off road trail bike ride bike ride. You had a lot of people that had true dirt bikes on this and they were just jumping over the branches, jumping over ditches and things. And I'm on my $400 hybrid bike. And I'm sitting up here, my mind, again, I'm flashing back to when I was a child and younger riding a bike. Like, yeah, I used to jump ditches and stuff when I was young. I could do this. First round, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm going. Again, I'm I'm in my 40s. I was 43, 47, 43. Yeah, I was in my mid-40s, so I'm jumping around like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. Bouncing around. Then the chain popped off my bike. And that's when reality hit. So, again, narrow path. I have other participants coming in. I'm trying to get off in the bushes to put the chain back on. And to kind of start back up, you know, to get back into the race. And, you know, long story short, I ended up finishing the race. I didn't finish in last place. I finished fourth from last. But I finished. And I think from there, that's where the bug bit me with duathlon. Because I was like, okay, I'm not satisfied with the results of this race. I'm going to do another one. But this time... Uh, But what I'm going to say is that this time I'm going to be smart about picking it. Off-road duathlons aren't my thing. I want a regular duathlon. So I did my research. I found some local traditional duathlon that will run, bike run, on the road. No (laughs) off-road. And I started participating in those. And that's where the bug kind of bit me some more. The more I participated into it. And I think by the third one i participated in that was the first time i i got a place and i was getting ready to leave and you know one of the participants there was like where are you going i was like yeah i'm finna to go they's like and they looked at my number and they're like you know you placed right i'm like placed in what i'm sitting like placed in what they was like you placed and i was like Tah. i'm like no nah. i'm like get out of here Yeah, I'm just kidding. And sure enough, I did. So that was the first award I ever won. And that kind of gave me a little more confidence into going forward into kind of really researching it and looking more into, you know, the sport of duathlon.
1: So what was kind of that timeline? Because you said this all started back in 2013. So between 2013 and this first time you placed, how much time had gone, had passed?
0: So I started in 2013. That's really when I started running. Um, I started duathlons in 2017.
1: Within that five-year s- space, you accomplished a mm-hmm. lot. That's a l- that's a huge accomplishment and an amazing and so inspiring. Like how I think, what was the feeling that you felt the most in 2017 when you're like looking back at yourself in 2013 and everything that all those goals and Did you ever think that was going to happen?
0: I didn't. I really didn't. Again, my initial focus was just to lose weight, and I and I did lose. I did lose the weight, and you know, I've been blessed to keep it off and stay healthy. You know, since that time, um, but that was my original goal and purpose. Um, the the running part and then the racing part. You know, I love challenges. You know, I'm I'm I'm, even at work. I kind of like that. You know, I'm the type of person that. If you tell me I can't do something, if you tell me, you know, that, you know, yeah, that's not going to work out, you know, you can't do that, you know, you know, you're not going to be successful that I'm going to work hard. to got to show you I can. Um, And, you know, it's kind of that arrogant attitude that I kind of have. You know, I'm going to say, yeah, it's a bit arrogant that, you know, why I kind of stick with duathlon because, you know, a lot, you know, triathlons are the thing, you know, they're the Olympic sport. Everybody knows about Ironman, but I'm like, Hey, duathlons are there. They're challenging, you know, Hey, I want to try to be the best duathlete I can, you know? Yeah. I might not be get the same amount of recognition. Other people get doing triathlon, but people are going to know about the sport.
1: So one thing that you said that I really liked was arrogance, and I think this is something where I think sometimes' arrogance and confidence, because I'd also say that mm-hmm. I think you are a very confident person that in order to mm-hmm. do certain things, I think there is this fine line between arrogance and confidence, but also you really believe in yourself, and I think that is something so many times a lot of us are just lacking
0: yeah, and well again i I say arrogance because a lot of people see it as that, but you know, it's like you're saying, it is confidence and it is a fight.
1: And isn't it like kind of their insecurity, my dog, as my dog's barking, um, I think some of it is sometimes I feel like that's just their own insecurity. Sometimes when someone's saying, oh, that person's arrogant because they're seeing your confidence. And instead of acknowledging it as you're really believing in yourself and you're pushing how, you know, you can succeed and you're, you know, showing up consistently to succeed that they're sometimes they're wanting that confidence, but they just don't know how to express it yet.
0: Right. And there was a point where I really, here's a little secret with Instagram. I, I really use that as my like log in my journal. That was my initial thing, you know, because at first I was keeping everything on an Excel spreadsheet. I ran this many miles a day and I was like, I am tired of doing this. I got an Instagram account. Let me use Instagram. And that was the initial thing for it. And then I just kind of got into the thing, like, I just record everything on Instagram. And it is a good way for me to kind of go back and see, you know, how what I did. So like if I have a race that weekend, I can say, okay, how did I train that particular week to kind of look at my performance? But the kind of a side effect of that is that other people see that as well. And You know, even though there are people that look at it as arrogance, some people look at it as confidence, but it's also an inspiration to some people. um, Because there was a point where I was like, I'm going to stop just recording stuff. And someone sent me a DM. And they were saying, you know, I really appreciate you and your post because it helps motivate me to get up every day. He said to see you get up every day and and you do something it might not be what you have, but you get up, you know, you do something. It, it it motivates me to get up and do something as well. And I I was like, wow, okay. It was, it was just one of those moments that like, okay, maybe that's looking more than just me, that what I'm putting out there is worth putting out there because if it's helping someone else kind of just get themselves going and kind of motivate them maybe it is worth me doing
1: and i think that also brings back to the sense of community some of the stuff and sometimes we all know running especially like before work or in the afternoon sometimes running and riding a bike outside is you're isolated you're doing it solo so this is bringing then that community aspect i think back into it and Yes, we all know sometimes social media is not great in comparison. We're not looking to compare right. ourselves, but showing that we are a community. And I think that's something where the running and cycling communities are really good about with social media is that we are there to share those wins with each other of exactly. and hold each other accountable, especially yeah. as some of us are training for bigger races and things. And to even just to see someone understanding, saying, this run sucked or this ride sucked and then saying other days this was great (laughs) and finding that balance and showing that you know we're all having those feelings and emotions behind our workouts
0: yeah and again social media gets a bum rap but i one thing i can say is that the past few years i've really connected with a lot of people that have had positive influences on me and vice versa kind of that what is it you're motivating and inspiring one another
1: yeah, especially i think in the world right now with covid and all of that like we all can't meet up all the time and be like let's go for a group run together or right. go to a cycling class together so how do we continue to do that and motivate each other and be there for each other and have that team right. environment
0: yeah, and you're seeing that... Do You see someone that's still getting out there to do something that you were doing before, and you might like, well, I can't get out and do it anymore. But you, but if you see people that are like, well, maybe I can get up and do this instead of that. Or I can... Okay, I'm not comfortable going... Let's just say, we, even though we don't like the flashback to 2020. <laughs> okay, I can't go to the gym and do what I normally would do for my routine, but I can go outside and do this. Because I see other people online, that's what they're going outside It it's kind of that thing that kind of helps you go, that you're not isolated. Because this is a conversation I had with a friend of mine was like, can you imagine if the pandemic happened before we were all on social media and everybody was just isolated in their homes. There was no social media. We didn't have Zoom. The the stuff we have now, let's say, 10 years ago, when we didn't really have all this like this at this level, how would we have dealt with fitness and staying motivated with one another during that time? And it's one of those things that we kind of look at and go like, oh, yeah. So you have to kind of look at the positive um, nature of social media in the past couple of years that yeah beyond all the cat videos and the memes and stuff that we see there's a lot of good positive content especially on the fitness side that can help people kind of get them going motivate them inspire them to to challenge themselves
1: with that let's talk about duathlons a little bit more so you you now have found that you want to do these road ones these very traditional run bike run What are the distances that you're accomplishing? Because I know last summer I tried to do a my first duathlon on on my own. It was a very hot day. I couldn't get to the um, second run portion. And how do you prepare yourself, I guess, also mentally for that? Because you're running, you're riding the bike, and then you're running again. There's all these steps along the way of really getting after it.
0: One thing that I'll say again, social media very big is that one thing i found with the whole just general multi-sport community even with triathletes yes when you're at that race it's competitive it's a very competitive nature but once everybody crosses that finish line or there's no race involved everybody's very friendly and everybody's willing to ask questions they're, they're just excited as you about participating in those events so I found a lot of people that were very helpful. Even once I kind of started doing duathlons, when people kind of saw that, like, okay, he's a new guy here. Because again, when I first started, again, twenty seventeen, I didn't know what a cycling kit was. I yeah, you wore padded shorts for spin class, but I didn't think, you don't wear padded shorts to ride outside. I, I was riding bike as a kid. I don't need padded shorts. Just give me a helmet and shoes, you know, a T-shirt, so you know I'm fine. But you have people that kind of pull you to the side, and that that were that were kind of talk to you. Even I, I do that with people. I will meet people. It's like, hey, you know, how are you doing this? Or I see you have this. Maybe it's just that whole community. So there's a community there that's very open and supportive. Even though race day, they might not seem that way right before the race starts because the mindset's on the race. But afterwards is is it's a great way to kind of build that kind of build your circle of resources to ask about questions and how to go forward. Because the thing about duathlon is it's not super complicated when you think about it, it's like, oh, you just run, then you ride your bike, and then you run again. But it's knowing the type of races to pick. It's knowing that, you know, if you do a sprint duathlon, you're gonna probably have a short run to start. Bike ride's gonna be probably at the most, maybe ten to twelve miles at the most. generally around about ten. And then that second run is gonna be a five K. Once you kinda of start getting familiar with that, you kinda of start building your training around that. But then you kinda of go into Olympic distance or standard distance duathlon. That's when that first run might be two miles. You might have a little bit longer bike ride where it might be 12 to 15 miles. In some cases, it can be 20 miles. And then that second run is generally more like a 10K. So you kind of go like, okay, I need to kind of train better for that because it's more than just, I I think that what happens is a lot of people kind of step into it and they think that, okay, I'm not doing a swim, so I just take it easy on a run, but then you have to realize riding that bike that longer distance or riding that bike that distance, and then you're jumping off a bike and then you're starting to run, your body reacts a certain way. So you kinda have to know how to train for that. So those are things that with trial and error, when you have resources, people to call on, kind of ask questions. That's where those things kind of you kind of build from that. I've even done a long course. Do Athlon which was pretty much start out with a 5k run then a 56 mile bike ride and then a 13 mile run on the second half and that's taxi you know you you wouldn't think you know you again I think a lot of people try and, and I always tell people yes it's think of it as three separate events but you're doing them all in the one day at the same time. So just like if you went on a group bike ride, and just say a group century ride, just, just say century, which is 100 miles or close to 100 miles. If you did a century bike ride, and then you tried to do a half marathon after that, how would your body feel? How long does it take to you to do a century ride? You come correct. The century ride is around about 60 plus miles. How does your body feel getting off the bike and starting to run after that? And that's how you kind of have to look at it. So, you okay, I'm going to do sprint duathlons. Okay, the sprint duathlon is going to be that bike ride is going to be around about 10 miles. So I need to start training, riding 10 miles, stepping off the bike, and then running a 5K after that. And you kind of start building your body, strengthening your body to do that. You start working on what type of nutrition, what to eat before your race, what to eat during the race. You kind of get that. So it's a lot of trial and error. And it's not necessarily just cut and dry like, okay, I can do this and I'm and and I'll be fine. Again, I started in twenty seventeen and I think now at at twenty twenty two, well, let's say twenty twenty one, I've kind of dialed in what works for me. But it didn't come overnight. And that's the thing that I always kinda of remind people that it doesn't come overnight. You just have to kind of do trial and error.
1: And I think that's a good point. I think lots of times, especially bringing it also back to social media, lots of times we think lots of things happened overnight. Oh, they built this overnight. Oh, they got here overnight. Where you've been putting in work for nine years basically now to get to where you are today. That's nine years of hard work showing up consistently. And I think you also have a full-time job. These, like, Being an endurance athlete and having a full-time job, it's a lot, especially I think on the mental side, as much as the physical side of – how do you fit it all in? How do I make sure I'm also eating, refueling my body in between all of this? I definitely want to talk about balance before we wrap it up here, but I had one question. I think one thing I really liked that you said was talking about not feeling embarrassed asking certain questions, because I think we've all been there, especially as endurance athletes or even just in general. Sometimes we feel embarrassed about something and we don't want to ask the question, and that ends up doing more harm to us because. Instead of sharing that we're feeling embarrassed and looking for a resource for it, we just say, eh, "I just won't do this." Instead, so how? What is your piece of advice to someone to say if you're feeling embarrassed? How do you kind of get past that?
0: The one thing I I do tell people about being embarrassed, I was like, everybody's been embarrassed. I was like, if anybody says that they've never, if, if anybody that's a like runner, cyclist, triathlete, duathlete aqua bike person anything if they ever say like oh i've never been embarrassed they're lying to something has happened that they've been very embarrassed about it might be that they've had the wrong thing on or they couldn't get something up you know let's say i've seen triathletes have a hard time getting their wetsuit off and they're fumbling trying to get it off that could be considered embarrassing I I had a bike ride where I couldn't get my foot out the clip, and the bike just gradually went over with me, and I just went. It was an embarrassing moment, but I laughed. I just laid there and laughed because, you know, it happened. Nobody else laughed because other athletes know that, yeah, that's normal. You're going to have those moments.
1: Oh man, I've totally done that. I fell over on my bike trying to unclip once. And it was just like, and you feel like you're in slow motion as it happens. And I'm just like, this person right here just is watching me do this and they're seeing it all happen. And you're just like, all right, dust your hands off and be like, all right, we're good. At least I got out of my clips.
0: And I, this morning after my run, I was actually talking with someone on social media about, about falling while running. And I was like, Everybody has fallen at some point running. Again, if anybody says like oh, I've never failed, yeah, okay. You
1: and usually it's in front of, when you're in front of someone else too. It's never when you're <laughs>
0: right. And I was like, so there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I was like, and I think that kind of goes back to a, a childhood fear. When you're a kid, if you fall, like, you know, you're running on a plane and you fall, yeah, other kids may laugh at you. If you're riding your bike and you fall on your bike, other kids may laugh at you. And I think there's that fear that, like, okay, I just fell on my bike in front of all these other people. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, not really, because everybody has fallen at some point. You know, just like they say that if you haven't crashed your bike, you're going to crash your bike. Eventually, I don't know how I like that logic because that's not a confidence thing. But I understand what they're saying is that kind of like if you've ha- if you haven't had an embarrassing moment on your bike yet, you will. And I think that my my advice, just going back to what the original question was asking, is that everybody's been embarrassed. It's just how you take it. Just don't take it personally. Don't look at how people are going to look at you because a lot of them i i guarantee most people will probably say yeah i remember when that happened to me so it's, it's an embarrassing moment you know how you kind of it, it doesn't define if that's the best thing that if that one embarrassing moment that will not define you going forward as an athlete
1: and usually no one's going to remember that it happened to you. And I think you'll remember it happened, but no one else is going to remember it happened. And like you said, everyone's been there before. It's going to happen to everyone at some point.
0: Yes, exactly. At some point, you it will happen to you.
1: One thing, because you've definitely mentioned a few times that you have a full-time job. So how is it and what is your piece of advice or trick or tip to someone that is, A, you know look, wants to make a change in their life and start incorporating fitness, like you did into your life, how do you kind of start doing that with a full-time job and balancing all of that? And then how do you balance it today?
0: From my experience, the best thing to do, baby step. I look at a lot of things, again, I work in IT, specifically cybersecurity, and a lot of things I do was based project focused. And I kind of looked at things from a project manager's uh, perspective. I kind of looked at things like, What am I doing every day that are time wasters? Again, very simply, how much time are you spending in front of the TV? So you're saying you can't take 30 minutes out of your TV watching time to do some type of physical activity. If it's nothing but just to walk around your neighborhood, grab dumbbells, and do a couple exercises, I mean... Look at how you're utilizing your time in the day and then just kind of build upon that. I I kind of looked at things like, okay, how long is it taking me to commute to work? You know, how much time am I spending getting home from work? You know, what am I doing once I come home? How can I kind of reschedule my day to fit in my fitness and stuff? And be honest, since the pandemic happened, it's been a lot easier because I can kind of manage my day a little more. Cause I, I I specifically work more from home now, so it's easier for me to manage that, but I, I understand for most people it can kind of be hard and then you know especially if you have kids um, and other responsibilities, but you have to find out find that your time wastes during the day and you have to prioritize health in regards to yourself. The thing about your health is that that's the thing that's going to carry you forward in life. If you have loved ones around you, that's what you need to consider being healthy for, is that your loved one. You want to be around as long as you can for them. And just kind of, I think what a lot of people kind of do sometimes is that they kind of say, yes, I know I need to do something, but I don't have time. And it's and I always tell people, prioritize yourself. You have to kind of prioritize yourself to be the healthiest you can be to be the best you can be because that benefits everything else behind you. So that benefits you and your family. That benefits your job that it, 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 a lot of people don't realize your health is the thing that kind of makes everything else kind of work in place, work properly in place. It's that missing piece that kind of it. Cause once I started getting I kind of focus on my health and became healthier, my mood changed. I was in a better mood. I, You know, I was happier, you know, being over, being a little bit overweight. You know, some people might say 250 is not overweight, but for my height and build, it was. I used to ache getting out of bed. So I, in the morning, I was sore. I, I was sluggish. That helped me get out of bed and not feel those pains that I was feeling getting out of the bed. When I feel sluggish. It helped my mood better. My mood helped me be a little more brighter around people and stuff. It, it cleared my mind, it allowed me to think more about things from from my uh, work standpoint. So it's one of those things that you just have to find what what works for you. Everybody's lifestyle is different. Find what works for you, what fits into your day, and you just gradually build upon that.
1: And that it is all ultimately connected. That yeah. So I feel like there's one of the things where it's like, the book I'm reading right now is by Alexia Pappas, and she even talks about how hmm. like if you want to change how you're feeling, it's change- it starts with like a change in thought, and it's all a chain reaction through it. And I think that's very yeah. much there. I think for so taking care of ourselves is not selfish, like self care and all that. Like you said, if we're gonna show up for everything else and all the people in our lives, we better show up as our best versions of ourselves, because then we can better be there for everything else and support because it's one of those things we all need to show up as our best versions and surround ourselves with people that are going to lift us up so that we're all up here together having being happy and being there for each other if that's anything that we've learned even from 2020 and all of us. Eric, this has been an amazing conversation and I'm sure I could talk to you for the rest of the afternoon. But one last question for you. What is one piece of advice that you'd offer to 2013 Eric that 2022 Eric wishes you heard sooner?
0: Be patient. There were plenty of times in 2013 I got really, really, really frustrated with things. And we've all gone through this but from my fitness standpoint, where you get frustrated and you just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to give up with this. And there were times where I was like, yeah, what's the point in doing this? But I would go back and tell myself, just be patient it's coming because I think that i missed out on a lot of things early on, especially when I first started and before I really, really got into running because, again, it's it's. It's kind of the imagery we see that we expect the and again society we live in, we expect things to like boom, 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 to happen immediately. And when we don't see it immediately, we kinda of like, well, this ain't working for me. Even though I don't like to say the word diet, kinda of like diets. If oh I'm not losing the weight like immediately, so I'm just gonna give up on that. But yeah, just be patient. Think it's gonna come. Don't allow yourself to get frustrated.
1: Love that. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining today. Where can our listeners follow you and connect with you?
0: Oh, you can follow and connect with me primarily on my Instagram account um, at Eric M Logan. That's E-R-I-C-M-L-O-G-A-N.
1: And you have an amazing podcast of your own.
0: Why, yes, I do. That you are a guest on as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen to that episode, but also the No Gimmick Sweat podcast. Where can people li- listen in?
0: You can listen on all the major platforms: the Apple Podcasts, Google podcast Spotify, Pandora. It is on all the platforms. If you, it, no matter how obscure, I have yet to hear of an obscure platform that is
1: is not on. Thank you so much, Eric. And this was great chatting in turning getting to hear your story this time thank you so much for listening in today if you like this episode please give us a five star review wherever you are listening appreciate all of you so much and happy monday bye